And veganism, when it's when it's done right, like if you're not just like eating sugar all the time, when veganism is done right, it's it's incredible. And it can be so uncomfortable at first. And it can be so uncomfortable that it it can actually feel like it's making your life worse. Hi there, veggie mates. You just heard from this week's guest, Colin Huggins. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is the Veg Talk Podcast. Welcome to all of you, whether you're here for the first time or if you've been with us for over a year now. Either way, I greatly appreciate you choosing to give up some of your time today. I know it's a hectic world and to have your attention for a moment is something I'm really grateful for. So this week is a, it's a fun conversation. I'll be honest with you, I did my usual research with the full intention of sharing Colin's life with you today. For those of you who don't know, uh, Colin is an incredible pianist who plays a grand piano in Washington Square Park on weekends in New York City. If you live in New York or intend on traveling there, I highly recommend visiting the park and hanging around to watch Colin play for a bit. And don't forget to lie under the piano. It's an amazing experience, so just trust me on that one. Do it. So to set the scene for today, I arrived at his New York City apartment and had some vegetable smoothie, which was pretty damn healthy and delicious. And Colin offered to start the podcast a little differently. So I agreed, but the catch was we were just going to let the tape roll and go with it. So we do hear about Colin's life, his experience with veganism and playing the piano later on in the episode. So be patient. Strap yourself in for an interesting conversation about the difficulties of behavior change, the human gut, motion sickness, and much more. If you're at home whilst tuning in today, I'd highly recommend pouring yourself a glass of water, sitting down with an open mind, and coming along for the ride. We can all discuss this later on on Instagram. Uh, just send us a message over at VegTalk. And also, there's a language warning on this one. So if you've got children around, chuck some headphones on as well. And by the way, the glass of water is crucial to the first three and a half minutes of this episode. You'll see. Thanks again for hanging out with me today, Veggie Mates. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And as always, I'll catch you on the other side to wrap things up. All right, we're rolling. We're rolling. We're All rolling. right. Here I have a glass of water. Okay. I want you to take that glass of water. I want you to, to take a sip and swallow it. And I want you to tell me what you do with your breath. Do you exhale? Do you inhale? Do you... Uh, when we swallow, we have to, we have to hold our breaths. Um, when you... Um, uh, but before and after, uh, you could either hold it or you could exhale or you could inhale. And then after you swallow, you could exhale or hold your breath or or inhale and and i just want you to just try to just just relax and just drink like how you would normally drink a sip of water after you <laughs> let's do it he's like what the hell is going on now i, I heard actually what happened after you swallowed you you exhaled i did um and what did you do while you were taking the sip while I was taking a sip, it I didn't really feel my breath. You you may have been holding your breath. I mean, yeah. you you may have not been not been breathing at all. Um, and and so then when you swallow, you have to hold your breath because um because of the way your esophagus works. Um, Before I swallowed, I inhaled. Oh, you inhaled. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Oh, then while you were swallowing. Yeah, so before... You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you swallow, you have to hold your breath. That's yeah. that's just the, the anatomy of the human... So it was a drink and all out of my nose. Yeah, yeah. And, yep. so, and so you inhaled th through your nose yep. when, you, when it was going into your mouth. You swallowed, which means that you hold your breath. And then when, after you swallowed, you exhaled. Um, all right, just for kicks, let's try... Um, uh, let's try... Um, uh, doing the exact opposite. So, exhale while it's going in to your mouth. When you take a swallow, you have to hold your breath, um, and then um, and then inhale after you've swallowed. Just give it a try and see how it feels. 
Did it feel awkward at all, or did it feel like... It felt unnatural. Okay. It, yeah. Try holding your breath the whole time. How did that feel? Super unnatural. <laughs> so try now inhaling, drinking, take, taking, taking, a, taking a, 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 a sip, and then when you swallow, hold, and then continue to inhale after you've, after you've uh, swallowed. So it's inhale, swallow, inhale. And now, and now do the opposite. Exhale. Well, well tell me, how, how did that feel? How did that feel? That felt really forced. <laughs> it felt like I didn't need to inhale afterwards, and I was forcing it. Okay, so now exhale while it's, your, while it's going in your mouth. Swallow. You have to hold your breath. And then exhale again. So exhale, swallow, exhale. How'd that feel? Yeah, also super weird. All right, so here's the thing. Um, and this is, there's a reason why I'm putting this forward. Um, I have been thinking a lot about diet, what we put into our mouths, how we deal with nutrition, the time that we eat, how fast we eat, um, how soon we sleep, after we've eaten, um, do you drink liquids when you're eating solid food, or do you keep them separate? And um, and the position that you're in when you're when you're eating. Um, and what I've realized, very much like developing a piano technique, developing a a golf swing, or a number of other. Uh, functions in life, there's almost an infinite number of combinations. And we have landed, almost everyone, for something as simple as taking a sip of water, we've landed on a combination that we're comfortable with, and we don't even think about it anymore. And we do it, and it might not be the most healthy thing, but it's what we've become comfortable with. And it's, it's amazing how, when it comes to activities that are part of a, a fundamental survival, uh, 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 survival characteristic of our lives. So breathing, eating, mating, <laughs> um, these, the, these things, it's, um, it's extraordinarily difficult once... We've gotten into a particular pattern of doing things that we've that we've probably learned from the time that we were uh, that we were infants. You know, we're we're when we're infants, we're sucking from our mom's boobs. I think that from the day that we're born, and so we're already developing a way of breathing and and drinking and getting nutrients into our body. And um, something that I'm realizing is is that many of these patterns that we've developed um, are comfortable for us, but they're actually damaging. And, um, and I think veganism is one of these things that is, um, if it's done properly, it's tremendously healthy and it's tremendously uh, uh, capable of improving people's lives in countless ways. Sometimes even like like ways that are like holy, sh I mean, like 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 curing cancer and and uh, I mean, like I wouldn't say you know don't if you have cancer don't change you know become vegan hoping that it will fix it. I'm just saying that like there are some really intense disorders that when people make one of these when people alter themselves in 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 a certain way that has to do with uh, that specific form of of uh, of survival, um, they can cure many things because they've had this natural pattern of doing things that's 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 damaging, and something that I've realized when it comes to drinking water is that um, it's best to exhale, swallow, exhale. So you exhale the whole time. Um, it's really bad to inhale, um, 
and uh, and and I mean it's this is not scientific. This is just totally my experience. But I mean, I've been I've been working at this for a while now to try to understand like like hmm, when I drank water, I noticed myself being a little anxious after after each sip and i noticed myself having to like take a little moment to to breathe and calm down calm myself down what the fuck is that all about and so i just tried experimenting with different different patterns of doing it and i found that the absolute best way is to exhale swallow exhale again um you don't want the inhale to have anything to do with it i'm not exactly sure why that would be maybe somebody will listen to your podcast and be able to explain to me why, why that is my my first inclination is is that um you're when you're introducing foreign things into your body at the same time it's it's a little bit overwhelming for your body to deal with and it may just be totally like a sensory thing like like ah, i'm i'm taking air and and a liquid at the same time and so there might be some kind of like you the the uh some some part of your brain might be getting a little overstimulated because there's there's just more stuff coming in than, than you're used to dealing with um I'm I'm not entirely sure, but but I've I've noticed that there are almost an infinite number of these little patterns that people can change that can drastically improve their lives, and um, and veganism when it's when it's done right, like if you're not just like eating sugar all the time, when veganism is done right, it's it's incredible, and it can be so uncomfortable at first, and it can be so uncomfortable that it it can actually feel like it's making your life worse. I I would be stunned if you could drink water a full day, and exhale, and then swallow, and then exhale again. It's gonna feel so uncomfortable, and by the end of the day, you're gonna just be like, I just wanna just drink water like I used to. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, it it's it's when it comes to changing patterns of your own or when it comes to even more difficult changing patterns of other people when it when it's dealing with these survival uh these these survival activities it's so hard and so when it comes to convincing people that a vegan diet is best for them it is so hard you're dealing with some one of the most fundamental things of survival eating it's something we have to do every day in order to uh, be energized, um, and so that's. Sorry, I, I went on a big rant, but uh, but th- th- this is this is um, this is uh, one of the fundamental problems that I see um, that in the the vegan movement that people don't quite understand how incredibly difficult it is to get people to change, even when they can recognize this that their pattern of living whether it's breathing or drinking or eating or whatever, even when they can say, yes, I, I know this is damaging me, they can still not change. They can try, and then at a certain point, they might like get exhausted and give up and just go right back to, to the other thing. Um, when you're lucky with your... I mean, I don't know about luck, but when, when things go the best with yourself or with another person, you can actually change the pattern. And after you've changed the pattern, you're not consciously doing it anymore you said it uh, the first time you did it you said it felt very forced um the goal is to uh to change a pattern and not not just it, it becomes your pattern and you don't you're not thinking about it anymore and so now you have a healthy pattern that's just a natural part of your life but it's it's so very difficult um it might be easy like if you realize that there's a different way to go to work or something like this but when it comes to survival stuff breathing and eating and and drinking and and sleeping and this this sort of thing is so hard to change your own patterns much less other people's patterns and that's i think that's for for me that is one of the most important obstacles of the vegan movement that they don't um that i don't see many people uh conquering that uh in many cases i see people trying to they, they show pictures of of factory farming to scare people into it. And um, I don't think that's that's the best way. I, I, I mean, I really think you have to think uh, people have a pattern that they need to change that's damaging to themselves and to the environment. And and they they have to figure out how to show people how to do this in a way that's that's comfortable, that's like 
doesn't require a lot of energy, that doesn't make people by the end of the day go like, all right, forget it. I'm just going to go back to the way I was doing things because I'm stressed out and I got shit to do and, and the kids are crying and I'm having trouble at work. I'm just going to go back to the way I was doing things because because I just need that comfort, uh, that comfortable place that I was in. I know it's damaging. Sorry. Bye. Um, and I've seen that reaction in myself. I've seen it in other people so many times. And it's a, it's an important obstacle that I think um, this movement needs to conquer. And I haven't seen anybody do it yet. So hopefully somebody will listen to this and, and have, uh, have some answers. I really, I mean, I love the perspective and I love jumping straight in. Like that was, that was one of the most interesting beginnings to a podcast I can think of in the, in the past year of the podcast. Well, I'm I, glad. I don't want to, yeah, see, I felt like we can talk about my lifestyle or my job or whatever it's interesting but it's been done and i i don't know i wanted to present something that i felt would, is like really meaningful right away so i'm glad that i hope it passed <laughs> no totally i love that i love that i was actually going to ask you off the back of that are there any other like aspects of your life that you've looked at and experimented with you know at that kind of microscopic level cuz i i don't think there are a heap of people out there that have done exactly what you've just explained to me. Well, there are. And related it to a different social justice movement. Yeah. Which is even cooler. Yeah. I think there is an, honestly an, an infinite number of, of little things that we, I, I think uh, the way we walk, the way we sit, um, the way we, um, the way we talk, um, you know, something that I got rid of that was a really big problem for me is is when I play the piano um, for your listeners I play the piano for a living so that's <laughs> that's uh, um, that's why piano is important to me um, when I'm playing the piano I I noticed and actually a lot of my friends notice this as well that I whenever I got to a difficult section of music I would hold my breath and um, and I'm still not entirely sure why I did it but it was definitely very a very damaging habit that made me play even worse like like the the music at that point was already difficult and my reaction to the stress of that difficult section approaching was to go (gasps) was to hold my breath and i would make this really weird looking face (laughs) when i did it and i would see pictures of me making the face and be like oh my god i look like a a wreck out there and uh and so uh I, i would say that's in the in the past three years, I'd say that's the biggest one that I've conquered. Um, and right now, there are other there are other ones um, uh, having more to do with just how I focus and um, and also um, continuing to experiment with with breathing stuff. But that that was that was the first like really big obstacle that 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 I had to change. I think another another really cool thing about you know the I suppose the explanation that you just my stone frame gave about the yeah i'm just so the thing was with the dslr it only does 20 minute clips oh, i see i see so you know when i don't have my my fiance um producer helping yeah. me out it, it's um yeah it's a solo effort but the other <laughs> cool thing is that what i've just got from that personally is a i i think i already grasped the fact it took me a while to get there but grasped the fact that it is a difficult move. It's a diff- it's a difficult switch. But on a deeper level now, I'm comparing eating with breathing. I'm comparing eating with drinking water and I'm comparing eating with walking. And if I was to consciously take the effort to either walk differently for a month, every day, every step, or drink differently, every breath, every sip for a month how much brain power that would take it's exhausting depending on depending on the the change yeah and depending on the person some people change easier than others yeah i would say walking is probably more difficult we do more of it but i would equate the water to the eating quite well i think it's it's almost a parody um so I find that interesting. And, uh, yeah. The, the other problem is is that sometimes when you introduce, I mean, let's say for instance walking, um, when it's a, when it's a kind of a um, a motor skill that requires a, a universal uh, use of your pretty much your whole body, um, 
certain things have to be tight, certain things have to be loose, certain things have to be moving, certain things have to be somewhat somewhat still. Um, uh, is that when you change one thing, it's it can be uh, a little bit uh, disturbing to the whole universal. And so um, when you're doing something new, for instance, uh, what you might do is you might do something else. Uh, like, I mean, the, probably the most common thing I could think of is, is that when people are changing something and they're, and they're struggling with it, one of the first things they do is they might, they might tense up their, their brow. And the thing is, is that like, if you tense your brow up for, you know, just five minutes in a day when you're trying something new, it's, it's fine. But doing it all day, you'll have a horrible headache by the end of the day and and having that headache will just it'll just make you miserable and and then when the next day comes up and it's time to to to, to walk the new way again you're going to look at the the person asking you to walk differently and you're gonna be like fuck you i'm walking this way you can leave me alone thanks but no thanks bye-bye um and i think uh, veganism is very similar that um uh uh, for instance, when I give people the smoothie that I gave you that has a whole cornucopia of vegetables and other really great stuff in it, um, that that smoothie is so good that you can drink it and then you can pretty much eat whatever you want for the rest of the day and you'll be pretty healthy. I mean, so long as you have it every single day, it'll be like the healthiest you've been in years. Um, but I would, uh, it's, it's amazing. There are some people who um, have reasonably bad eating habits both vegan and and non-vegan and they'll take a sip of that smoothie and they will like almost have convulsions like uh, like that, that like they're going to be like looking like they're going to throw up and um and 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 then the same thing happens like the next time I see them I'm like all right you ready for your sip of smoothie and they're like fuck you keep that thing the fuck away from me and the the, the worst thing is is that not only are they not drinking the smoothie? But I've almost given them a traumatic experience, which makes them dislike the smoothie even more. And so it's like they become even more uh, ingrained in their crappy, unhealthy ways of doing things. <laughs> you don't you don't have a problem with the smoothie. Congrats. Congrats. Um, but I mean, there are there are plenty of changes that you probably wouldn't handle as well as you as you handle that and and me too i mean i'm not i'm no like fucking miracle worker like i i there are plenty of things that people will introduce to me and i'll try for a day or two and it's just and i'll give up and i'll be exhausted the next day and it's just like you know i have to put a hold on that on that thing um and so and so i guess i guess when it comes to you know, like, like I, I feel like part of the purpose of of this podcast would be to try and convince people to rethink how they look at food and how they look at um, the world's consumption of food um, and how it affects the environment and how it affects health. Um, but it's like actually convincing people is is tremendously hard and actually getting people to try things even if they are convinced even if they're like yep you're right i get it you're totally right i'm still not doing it um it is really hard and i'm i'm trying to figure out how to do that and i i found that um i i don't have the answers but i found that it's a mix of both for myself and for other people it's a mix of not being angry at yourself or other people for the bad habits, um, allowing people to continue to indulge in it and not have some kind of, you know, like, oh, you really shouldn't be doing that. You know, don't make them feel like paranoid or uncomfortable around you for having those, those habits, but try to just insert something small that they can be consistent with. Try to find something that they, that they like that they can be consistent with. Um, I've got this dude who, like, he practically threw up when he drinks a smoothie he refuses to drink it anymore when it, whenever he visits um i feel like i've scarred him for life when it comes to vegetable smoothies um and um but he and and he eats horrible food he eats like hamburgers and for lunch like fried eggs for breakfast and maybe some pizza for dinner like it's like the worst diet ever um but i gave him some some organic baby carrots and some organic hummus and he loved it and he ate it all up and so i'm trying to convince him to just like dude just have that for breakfast wake up in the morning have some fucking baby carrots and hummus like 
like try to stick with that and i feel like it'll be a gateway to something bigger that's that's the best the baby steps approach is the best thing that i've got now and not as soon as you get angry at someone and make them feel like you're like big brother following them around being like people get sick of that uh really really quick and i and i think ultimately it just makes people i don't know it, it attaches a, a a negative kind of authoritarian vibe to to, to something and um yeah, and it kind of it, it turns people off. Um, maybe there are some people who do well with that, but um, I think for the most part, people get sick of it. And 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 also, I mean, I'll I'll get sick of it myself. Like like I'll be telling myself, no, Colin, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. Don't don't do that. Don't don't don't. I told you not to do that. I'll be telling myself that, and it's and it sucks. It sucks. It's it's stressful, and uh, I find myself sleeping worse. And and it's just like it's not a way to properly change change things. You have to. You still have to enjoy stuff like like you have to you have to be able to 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 enjoy it. Um, so so there's there's totally. my best solution. <laughs> totally, totally. So I think for I mean, for those people that are listening that are kind of making the transition now, it's it's totally about patting yourself on the back for the wins and not getting, you know, not digging that hole on yourself when you're kind of doing something that you'd prefer you're not doing. Yeah. But you are. Or, and, and recognize when you're exhausting yourself. Uh, recognize when when you're like, okay, wait, I've bit off more than I can chew, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, for whatever reason, you're, you're not budgeting properly. And so you've switched to a vegan diet and it's turning out to be way more expensive than you can afford. Um, uh, don't... <sighs> don't overextend yourself it's okay to like step back and not and not get angry at yourself and i think that the thing is is that like you know like uh for people um who don't really give a shit about a healthy diet or whatever that's you know that that's kind of a given or or whatever but i mean i think uh people can take that to to just about anything and and you'd be surprised how many uh how many examples there are of of experiences that people have where they put an intense amount of uh, pressure on themselves to accomplish things, uh, whether it's school or work or sports or uh, with social situations or with um, uh, with a, a husband or wife um, or, or girlfriend boyfriend. It, it's it's um and and I think it's it's it does people a lot more good when they can realize I can't keep this up and I'm doing more harm than good, even though it's well-intentioned. Uh, uh, it's, it's okay. If you're a meat eater, just like if, 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 if someone shoves a ham sandwich in your face and it's breaking you on the inside, just have the ham sandwich, take a deep breath, you know, move on. You'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> if veganism is really important to you, You'll, you'll figure it out but but torturing yourself is not is not the reason it's not a good it's never going to end up at a good place if, if you use that as your as your as your motivation method <laughs> yeah i suppose it doesn't allow you to progress as you would like to so i'm thinking like it could be another situation let's say it's a whole food plant-based eater or someone that wants to get more whole food plant-based foods in their diet as opposed to like processed packaged foods. Yeah, sure. I'd say I'm one of those people right now where I get confronted with like the cake or the cookie or the the pizza or the and it's like, oh, but I was really trying to, you know, push for the you know, the yeah. better, healthier foods. But yeah, you just can't let yourself yeah, fall into that trap. Yeah. Yeah, and also it has to do it's important to understand um what exactly it means to enjoy food and what how exactly do does craving work uh how you know at what times do you crave things uh how much energy are you expending um uh it, you know it's like people often forget that it's it, your diet is like it, it's it's a huge chunk of life and it's it's not just it's not just like, oh, you know, there's food and then there's work and then there's, you know, this other hobby that I have. I mean, food is like what provides you energy to do everything. It, it, f food is how your 
blinking your eyes. I mean, food is is how you're able to stand up and walk around. Um, it's how you're able to continue living. And so it's it's a tremendously important um, fundamental uh, life, I don't know, uh, uh, matter that 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 it's like it's like it's just not a simple thing that you can just you know flick the switch on and flick the switch off like you really need to understand how things make you feel and so if you're going for um completely unprocessed foods i think it would be reasonable to, to try and understand why do why do certain foods make you feel certain ways why do certain fe- foods make you f- feel full while others don't um what kind of um uh, I think something that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about lately, which is um, I've been doing a lot of uh, searching online for answers to this, and it's kind of a mysterious thing, is, is how the uh, the bacteria in your uh, uh, small intestine and large intestine and, and in your colon, how they handle uh, food and how they... How they uh, grow and die and and what the, what the, the importance is to your to your to your to your body and um people are beginning to realize that they they're uh they're almost as complicated as the spinal cord that there's as many nerve endings from your esophagus into your colon as there are in your fucking spinal cord so i mean it's like tremendously complicated and there's a, so much going on there um and so to make a change and it means that you're, you're you're changing something very fundamental about how you process the world um and it's and it's hard to just um to just simplify it and just say like oh well you know i i eat something sugary and that's why i'm having trouble sleeping or or you know i I ate some something with too much gluten, and that's why I'm. Uh, that's that's why I feel bloated. Um, it's a it's a tremendously complicated thing, and um, I'm beginning to realize how much uh, feeling, like legitimate, like like feeling, comes from uh, from your your gut. Like like when you feel excited, you feel a particular feeling in your gut. When you feel nervous, you feel a particular feeling in your gut. When you feel panicked. Um, you feel a particular feeling in your gut and, and, uh, there have been experiences that I've had where my actual thoughts are almost determined by how I feel down here. And if I can change how I feel down here, then I feel less anxious or I feel rather than feeling tired and mopey, I feel excited. Um, and so, yeah, so I I guess just... The, the, the thing that I'm 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 realizing is just what an incredibly complicated thing uh, your your digestive tract is and when you make changes it can really like throw you for, for, for a loop <laughs> um, it can really like make your whole life experience you know it can it can affect your mood and your romantic life and your your energy levels um it can make them go way up or it can make them go go way down um it's it's it has a really profound effect on your on your whole life definitely the i mean i've heard the the kind of phrase like the gut is like the second brain yeah yeah um it's a very new concept uh, and people are it's it's very um it's very mysterious too that people don't know nearly as much about it um, as as you'd hope for. You search online, and a lot of people will just be like, "And that's how that happens," and we're not really sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it is amazing. It's it's a, it's really an ecosystem within the body. It's its own ecosystem, and you know, for I, it's it's understandable that for a lot of us, we haven't thought about that, and we haven't thought about what we're consuming may affect that. Uh, we haven't thought about if we change what we consume, how it might affect that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, super interesting. We've had a um, we've had a couple of gut specialists on the podcast, and it was, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a fascinating topic, and even those guys are continually, you know, raking through the the research continually because it's yeah. so new and it's ever evolving. Yeah, yeah. I think there's just just the way 
humans are now um, is that they, um, uh, they, how do I say this? They, 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 they've, they've come, become very head oriented. Everything is, everything is here. And um, they think of, when they think of their spines, they think of, you know, chiropractors and, you know, I don't know how they're maybe holding, what they're doing with their back when they're, when they're playing a sport or how their back feels when they're laying on the, on the bed. Um, as far as I understand, um, if you touch something that's hot and you, you pull your finger away, um, there's uh, a, a signal being sent to your spine that's going back and your hand is moving uh, uh, based on the spine's reaction. And, and it's an evolutionary thing because, because it takes too long for it to go all the way to the brain to be processed and then, and then come back. That it makes more sense to just go to the spine and then, and then go straight, straight out. Um, and there are a lot of, um, like immediate kind of, um, uh, impulsive reactions that are based in the spine. And that may not seem like a big deal, but the thing is, is that, um, there are a lot of impulsive reactions that we may have to things that can be damaging. Um, and it can seem like the most natural thing in the world to, to punch someone in the face or get angry. Um, and your spine plays a very integral role in pushing you in a direction when you are uh, having a, a natural impulse to, to, to something. And, um, and so learning how to understand that, no, wait a second, that's, that's not me processing this properly. That's just me having an immediate reaction. Um, that that is that is you learning how to deal with your spine. I found the same thing with the um, with the with the gut and understanding the the, the nerve endings there. Um, uh, uh, I get motion sick really easily. So if I I just have to sit in a cab for like for just like three minutes, maybe even less, like like sixty seconds, just like a couple turns, and I'm done. I'm 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 motion sick. Um, so you'd be no good on a road trip. No, no, not at all. Well, well, I'm I'm getting better, and 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 part of what I'm realizing is is that, um, is uh is my gut is freaking out and it's releasing a neurotoxin, and uh it's um it's releasing a neurotoxin and their uh, motion sickness just like just like gut health is also another thing that if you look online, you're gonna find a lot of people who are just like. I don't know. It's got something to do with the inner ear. But the thing is, is that you can get motion sick without moving at all. <laughs> like you can, if you put a cylinder of, of uh, like uh, lines, just like um, uh, uh, vertical lines um, uh, and, and roll it around someone's head, uh, they'll be motion sick in like 10 seconds. Um, unless they're like really good at dealing with, <laughs> with that sort of thing. And, um, uh, as far as I understand, and and again, like maybe someone listening to the podcast would understand this better than than I I can. But what I've realized is that um, the same kind of breathing um, I have to do when I'm dealing with playing the piano, when I have to really focus and deal with um, uh, a, a very intricate thing that 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 requires a lot of um, uh, attention and different places that that's coming very quickly um uh i have to do the same kind of breathing that i do when i'm in a taxi and i'm trying to keep myself from being motion sick and i what i would argue is that when you're getting motion sick you're getting all of the stimulus you're you're looking out the window and it's like dog cat tree hat for sale man spitting woman with nice boobs like like you're getting all of this stimulus and it's just going boom 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 and all these colors so quickly i mean when I'm sitting here, I mean, I, I have pretty much the same basic stimulus that's, you know, like in little alterations like the hand in front of my face or your, your head going up and down. Um, but when you're in a car, you're just you're just being bombarded with all of this stimulation. And um, and I think your your gut is is uh, has a lot more to do with processing information than than we think. 
Um, and so when I'm dealing with music and uh, when I'm in a taxi cab, I actually do hold my diaphragm in a very particular way that, that definitely has a very big in, impression on on my gut and how it feels down there. And um, it keeps me from getting motion sick and, and it helps me to play music. So I, I, I would I would argue that you know, I'd be interested to talk to a gut expert about this, but but like I would argue that um, a lot more information processing happens in that part of your. I think it's the, the autonomic nervous system. It's it's part of the autonomic. Um, uh, a lot more ha- information processing happens there than you than you'd think, and or it has at least it has a bigger effect on how we process information. And food is also information to the body. Yeah. So it's processing that as well. Yeah. When when food is introduced to the body, uh, uh, or anything foreign for that matter, it's uh, for, first of all, it's it's a it's stimulation. It's 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 you know like now I'm not touching the couch. Now I am touching the couch. This is this is introducing some kind of stimulation, and um, and again like with the inhaling and and drinking, I I've noticed that I process water much better and i and i feel it um doing more of what water is supposed to do in your body it's supposed to make you feel relaxed and make your muscles feel like uh they're they're uh uh looser and and ready for action um and i feel like uh and also you know like uh, i don't get a cramp in my stomach sometimes if you drink some water and then you and then you run you'll get you'll get a you'll get a cramp um and it's it's um it, for, for me, it's 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 because I'm my body isn't processing the water correctly. Um, it's or it's it's not absorbing it correctly. It's 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 because because the I'm stressed out or or whatever. Uh, the my digestive system is kind of like freaking out, and so it's it's not dealing with stuff the way the way it should be. Um, and um, and yeah. So but but like. Like I guarantee you, like like do, doing that exhale thing while you're trying to drink, good luck. <laughs> I I try try doing it for one day, and I bet you by the end of the day, you'll just be like, "Fuck this." You'll get an angry text from Fuck. me. <laughs> Colin, you just ruined that. Flick up the switch there. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I was censoring myself. <laughs> Fuck Colin. <laughs> Fuck meeting that guy. I hope I never see him again. I'm going to go back to drinking water the way I did. I don't care if I get cramps. I don't care if I'm peeing every 20 minutes. <laughs> so funny to think about, man. No, it's, it's, I don't know. It's been a truly fascinating conversation for me. I mean, it's, it's a, definitely a very, I suppose, fine-tuned way of looking at how we operate and what we consume. Like, how how what we consume affects you know the outcome of our actions or our feelings so yeah it's 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 really fascinating i was gonna kind of go down the track of you know asking you if there's like a meal that you like to have before playing piano that makes you feel good or Mm -hmm. is there a routine that you have gotten into on your Saturday and Sunday when you when you take the piano down to Washington Square Park that makes you feel better than if you don't do it. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing for me and the reason why, uh, a big part of the reason why I stopped being vegan. So I, I, I was vegan from the time I was 22 until I was 27, I think. I, I don't know. I kind of like, it wasn't like, it was like more like a gradual going in and it looked like I was kind of vegetarian for a little while and then I and then I went full vegan um and then and then at the end I you know like I had meat one day and then I was and then I went veg- back to being vegetarian and then I went back to vegan and then and then I was like oh screw it I'm just meat and meat so then through most of my 30s I was I was eating meat um but um uh so a big part of it was like it was just a constant um inconvenience it was it was tough to go to a restaurant and be like, okay, now I got to look for the vegetarian thing that actually is good. It was, uh, it was a, a constant source of, 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 uh, focus and, and like, like I couldn't just relax. But, um, uh, since, um, I mean, we're talking 15 years ago that I, I, geez, more than that, almost 20 years that I first became vegan. A lot of things have come a long way. Uh, uh, the, the, um, 
the, the, the fake meats and stuff like this. So, I mean, I'd say for me, the thing that really helps uh, the most to, to keep things convenient and make sure I'm getting all my nutrition is, is so that the vegetable smoothie that, that I, I had you drink, um, uh, getting, uh, I think the way the human body is designed is, is from evolution. We, we just ate whatever we could have survived. Um, we didn't get meat that often. Meat was kind of like a like a uh, kind of like a, a a weird, you know, like like with early humans, it was like, oh hey, look, those lines didn't finish that zebra carcass over there. We can we can, you know, break the bones open and ch- and chew the marrow. I mean, it was very much like a survival thing, um, especially uh, in the colder the colder months. It was just like nothing's growing. We gotta we gotta hunt or 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 something like this. Um, uh, but I mean, the vast majority of it is just like there's there's lots of green vegetables around. There's lots of leafy things. That's just like, well, I'm just gonna chew on leaves until something else comes along. And I think we've evolved to um, le- leafy greens. Uh, most, uh, I would say, uh, green vegetables, cucumbers, um, uh, uh, root vegetables, beets, carrots. Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I, I don't think getting into starchy things is that great, but you can, it's still, you know, not bad to have, um, uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes is, is, is fine, but, um, onions, but, garlic. Yeah. 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 But for, for, for me, the thing that really, uh, made, uh, makes the difference is just like, just pounding myself with tons and tons of vegetables. I just put them in a smoothie and I'm just constantly downing it all day long. And that kind of like keeps me at a, at a, at a good level. And then the company, um, Gardein, um, I don't know if you have any of their stuff. Um, but they're just like, for, for me, they're just like, they're consistent. Like I can just like, I can buy pretty much any Gardein product. Uh, they have, um, they have a turkey, they have fish, they have a few different kinds of chicken. Um, they have, uh, uh, I think they have one kind of beef. I don't know. That might be all they have. They, I know they have hamburger patties. Yep. Um, but yeah, I can just, I can go to Whole Foods or I can even order it online. And uh, and I just order like three or four different kinds, two of each. And uh, and, I, and that means that like my protein is good. And like you heat them up, they're delicious. You dip them in hummus or whatever sauce you make. You add them to whatever you want. And it's just like between the veggies and... Uh, and the Gardein stuff, then you all you need is some kind of carbohydrate. And I just, I usually have some kind of like I'll put stuff on rice cakes or, um, uh, uh, or um, just a, some other kind of organic uh, natural grain, and uh, and that's pretty much everything. And then you just find variations in there. And it, it's just it it's just like it's amazing that um, that Gardein exists. I mean, it's it's such it's such a helpful, convenient thing to me. And I I, I think. That's really, I mean, going back to what we were initially talking about, a big problem that that I couldn't solve is 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 like just having something consistently there um, that's tasty and and I don't have to think think much about. Um, and uh, there were, I don't think Gardena has been around twenty years. I don't I don't I don't know how long they've been around, but um, but yeah, really, like I I went and uh, that the first day, I guess it was just like. About a year ago, half a year ago, when I when I went back to being vegan, um, I just I told Rachel um, that if she stopped eating sugar for a week, I'd go vegan for a week. And uh, I went vegan. I was like, "This is great. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep being vegan." And uh, and for her, it was like torture. Um, I think I think she maybe lasted like five days. Yeah. I think she's done it again since since then. I think it's it's still tough for her. I, um. But uh. But anyways, yeah. Like like that convenience. Of, of having a company do that really makes a huge difference. And I, I've, I've noticed that veganism is, is picking up a lot more. And I think a, a big part of it is having companies like that that just make it super easy for people. Uh, when, it's, when it's this huge investment of time and, and, and thought, it, it's, it's hard to get people to, uh, to switch over. Yeah, there's a, there's a group called the Good Food Institute. Uh, they're out in like the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've really highlighted that the three things that, you know, uh, uh, the major factors in terms of what we choose to eat is taste, price, and convenience. And what yeah. these companies are now doing is basically hitting all of them. They might be yeah. on the pricier end. Um, yeah, I would say for the most part, they're on the pricier end, but they're definitely hitting the taste. They're definitely hitting the convenience yeah. out of the park. 
and yeah, it's a huge factor in yeah, that yeah, shift. Yeah. And and like and I think um, also uh, uh, the amount of process that um, um, that the amount of processing that they that they're doing. So if you look at the, uh, ingredients on a on a garden um, package, uh, it's all very like plant stuff. You're 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 not going to see any kind of like big chemical chemical names or so, something like this. And 20 years ago, when I was getting fake meats and um, uh, fake cheeses and fake uh, uh, butters and stuff like this. Um, it was just it was packed full of all different sorts of chemicals. And I guess I guess I guess those were designed to more or less give it its its texture. I think that was the hardest part for them. Um, I don't know how Gardein does it, but they really like nailed it. I mean, I've actually given Gardein to people uh, that they make these kind of like um, fried chicken strips. Um, They're the best, dude. I've given them to people and. And uh, or, or like like uh, I, f- I forget what happened. A friend of mine grabbed it and and ate it and um, and they uh, and then they almost immediately spat it out. And I was like and I was like, oh, what? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't realize it was fake chicken. And 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 they said and they immediately they said, no, I I thought it was um, I thought it was fish. It's chicken, man. And I was like, no, it's it's not chicken. It's it's and, and and like and they it didn't even cross their minds that it was fake fake chicken. Like they wanted fish, and it turned out to be chicken in their minds. And uh, anyways, it was just it was just a really interesting reaction to to see them like be revolted by it at first uh, because they they uh, because it turned out to be in their eyes it, it it turned out to be real chicken and they were like and they're like ah oh, you know i only eat fish or what's what's the kind of diet the the when pescatarian. you yeah 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 maybe it, it was a pescatarian yeah and they were angry because they thought they were eating chicken yeah um, but but i mean isn't, isn't that amazing like it's yeah. like it's like it wasn't like the, one of these like taste tests where they're like mm, yeah that tastes pretty much like chicken like like literally it was like they their initial reaction their gut reaction no pun intended was was Holy shit, that's chicken, mm-hmm. which is like awesome. Um, um, I don't, you know that you know those the, the yellow package. Uh, I don't know if you ever have uh, so gar- guardian stuff. Anna, my fiance, does a blog. She has a blog, and she's definitely been sent stuff by Gardein before, mm-hmm. and the chicken strip, the chicken tenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, might yeah. call them. I think yeah, you're right. The yellow package. Um, no, we we cooked them up, and yeah, they are. I think they were my favorite out of like the the range that we got delivered to our house. It was like yeah, they're totally believable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I think yeah, I think the convenience for them was was a huge thing, but it's they're also very healthy. Um they actually have a lot of protein in them. Um and uh and it's and it's and it's and I also just like I noticed in the in just in the way that I feel, like I my I can notice when my body isn't getting enough protein. It it feels kind kind of weak, and it and when I injure something, it definitely takes longer for myself to to, to heal. If I'm doing just just entirely plants, um, uh, I have to eat like tons and tons of lentils and stuff like this to to produce the same feeling in my body. Um, but yeah, with the uh, with the guardian stuff, it feels uh, the same. If I if I hurt myself, I I like if I if I um, if a muscle is sore because I went to the gym or something like that. Uh, it heals the same the same amount of time that it would take if I was if I was eating normal normal animal protein. Yeah, it's um, good that they're able to yeah just incorporate what you're saying like less of the the names that you can't pronounce when you look on the back of the package. Yeah, yeah, uh, and more whole food kind of uh, kind of items. We're getting yeah. Do we do, do we want to come to closing statements? So it's it's eight eleven. So yeah. we've got a dinner at Organic Grill tonight. Yeah, did Rachel? Did Rachel? She hasn't texted yet. What I was going to ask before we head off, because for, for those of you, well, you you're probably going to know because I'm going to record an introduction for this episode. But basically, what you might not know about Colin, well, you do now because as I just said, I did the intro. But <laughs> you are, you know, very well known for playing the piano in Washington Square Park on weekends. And what I wanted to ask was, how did you come up with the idea to do this? And let the listeners know how you execute on it and the evolution of, you know, your experience in the park, you know, in whatever time frame you would would like to do. Yeah. Um, so... When I moved to New York, 
2003, I was a ballet accompanist. Um, I played piano for ballet classes. Um, is Rachel getting upset? She said, where are y'all? Where, where are you guys? I'm here all alone. Should I say be there in 10? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll, I'll try to sum it up as quick as I can. Okay. Um, uh, so I came to New York in 2003 from Boston, and I uh, was a ballet accompanist. I, I wanted to be some kind of performing pianist, but uh, I, I couldn't figure out a route that I was happy with. And so accompanying for lots of hot girls dancing around was, um, was a pretty uh, not, no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I, uh, I did that for a few years, but I, I, didn't, I, I didn't feel like I was connecting with people as much as I would have liked. Um, uh, uh, connecting with people on... Uh, w- with my art and actually getting people to really feel something is uh, is the reason why I, I do it. And um, yeah, playing for dancers for their classes, it was more like I was just kind of like helping them to to warm up. I felt like I was kind of like a like in a uh, I don't know like a, a, your gym when they have um, the aerobics classes and they put on some you know whatever some eighties music or some techno or something like that and they're they're doing their exercises. That's that's what I felt like. I just felt like a a boombox with with legs um, and um, and so I was always experimenting with different kinds of performing. I did stuff in theaters. I did stuff um, with with pop music, with jazz, with all different kinds of of uh, of uh, performance venues. Um, I did all sorts of different kinds of co- collaborating. And something I always noticed is that whenever I saw street performers in New York City, they always had a very um, interesting relationship with their audience. If you look at most audiences in performances uh at restaurants or bars or 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 music venues wherever wherever you're watching a performance in most cases it'll be friends of the performers um and they're there in part because they want to support their their friends um in some cases they're you know in some really really good cases there's totally random people in the audience but but unfortunately in many performances that i saw when i moved here it was all just like people that the performers begged please please come see my show come come support independent artists and uh and i hated this relationship um because it just it wasn't like the proper emotional uh engagement that i was that i was looking for but i did notice that street performers the audience they didn't give a crap about the performers they didn't know their names they didn't know what they you know, we're dealing with in their lives. They did. They weren't asked to be there. They're just like, oh, here, I'm going to look at this thing that's happening here. or I'm going to listen to this or I'm going to, you know, uh, like, wow, look at look at that. Uh, it, it's a very pure way of of looking at at performing that it's just like the audience is only interested in the art. And so I just started experimenting with it. Uh, uh, I started playing guitar and I'd go sing stuff or I'd go break dance with break dance groups. Um, I would, uh, um, uh, try to get people's attention by, you know, jumping up and down. Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm about to do a performance. I really made an ass out of myself. It was very, uh, nerve wracking. Um, uh, eventually my roommate and I decided that there was some kind of spectacle that I needed that I didn't have. And, uh, we noticed that nobody around the city was bringing pianos around. And so we said, how about we get a piano off craigslist and just start bringing it around town and it got a lot of attention so i started bringing pianos around that was about 12 years ago i started with junkie uprights i slowly over time i started to learn more and more what kind of music reached people into their emotions better um and uh and i realized it was it was classical music um i tried improvising i tried playing weird abstract stuff i tried playing jazz i tried playing pop music and uh, they all drew a reaction from people, um, usually positive, but um, but classical was the one that really like it really dug into people. And so, um, I guess since uh, I guess it's about four years ago, I just stopped every other project I was doing. No, it was like three years ago. I stopped doing everything, and I was just like, I'm going to be a classical pianist. That's that's it. So now I, I practice, I try to get better at these pieces. Some of them are hard as shit. Um, uh, and I go on, I practice during the week. I go into the park on the weekend. I try what I've been practicing, see how it goes over with people. Um, and the whole process has been like 
trying to learn how to focus better. These pieces require an intense amount of focus that people don't usually necessarily try to develop. Usually, most famous concert pianists or prodigies, and that's how they got their attention. And then they they became adults, and they were just they were good kids, and then they got a little bit better and 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 older. <laughs> um, uh, I couldn't. Most of the pieces that I play in the park, when I first started playing in the park, I couldn't even get to from beginning to end. I would I would get halfway through them and just be like, "Sorry, folks, <laughs> that's that's the best I can do." Um, and so, learning how to improve my focus, uh, a big part of it has been diet. Um, I've been improving my diet slowly, and then ev- eventually, uh, uh, I went back to veganism, and it really it really is the best thing for for focus. Uh, I sleep better. Um, uh, I digest food better. Uh, I can maintain energy for for longer. I don't get exhausted as quickly. Um, uh, I I wake up quicker in the morning. Um, it, it doesn't take me a long time to like, okay, I feel like crap, and then and then it, and then over you know an hour or so I wake up. It's it's just like in in twenty minutes I'll be like, ah, all right, I'm ready to do stuff now. Um, and um, and that's really been the the process that I'm still in. I'm still trying to figure out how to focus better, how to relax better, how to reach people better with with music. Um, I'm still experimenting with diet and how how to properly handle it. Um, I'm still uh, convinced at this point, even though I haven't been vegan for, for that long at this point, I'm still convinced that it's pretty much the way to go. I mean, the one thing I can actually hear, there are two things that I can guarantee about diet. Bombard yourself with vegetables leafy greens, uh, you know, uh, all the, all the vegetables that are kind of associated with health, uh, uh, cucumbers, kale, collard greens, just fucking bombard yourself with it. Um, uh, and, um, and take out refined sugar. Like if you just do those two things, you'll, you'll be amazing. Um, uh, uh, but, um, but both of those things are really tough for people, especially, especially Rachel. I guarantee the reason why we're going to the organic grill is because their desserts are like incredible. And that's, that's why we're going there and not to one of the other places <laughs> that's, that's, that's closer. <laughs> I love, I love the organic grill. I've got a lot of good memories there. So I'm looking for, I haven't been back in a year. It's the yeah. last time I was in New York city and yeah, I can't wait to get back. But dude, it has been, it, it's you're a fascinating guy and I I, I'm it. glad that, you know, you kind of went the route you went. You know, I've got my notes on the phone okay, and, okay. We, and we tackled, you know, one thing, <laughs> which is awesome because it's, it's, it's never happened before. And I feel like that, you know, free flowing conversation, hitting some different topics and uh, yeah, just having engaging conversation is like, you know, selfishly the the most fun I get out of the podcast is when it's, you know, it flies by and we've done an hour and we're late for dinner by half an hour. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think, uh, I think, uh, well, this will be my final thought and then you can say whatever you like, but I think, um, uh, asking people questions about their life that they might have to answer all the time. What is your name? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? How, how do you manage to do that thing for a living? Um, or, or you know, something that is particularly notable about that person, asking them about that that they've probably been asked about a number of times. Um, it, it, it kind of, I don't know, it, it's not very inspiring, but asking about what challenges they're dealing with right now, um, uh, that's what people are most involved with. If you ask one of the Game of Thrones actors, like, like, what was it like to ride a dragon? You know, of course, they're, they're going to be like, I don't know, screen screens, whatever. Uh, but if you ask one of them, like, like, what exactly are you dealing with now that is, that is challenging you, that, that's frustrating you, or what, what, um, what uh, uh, hurdles have you recently gotten over that have really been game changers in, in your life? Uh, you're, you're going to get more interesting answers be- and you're also going to get people who are just like, it's, it's fresh in their minds and they haven't talked about it much. And they're, they're really, you know, like, like there, there's a lot of things that about what I said that, that, that I don't understand myself and I'm kind of hoping someone will listen to it and, and kind of cue in. Uh, there's a lot of things about motion sickness. There's a lot of things about, uh, gut health. Um, and there's still things about diet that are, 
big mysteries. Habit. Um, yeah, yeah. And how to break and change habits. Um, I mean, I've developed some understandings, but dude, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, and, and I think a lot of people, uh, even, even scientists are still kind of like, I think the whole gut science world is still a very new thing. And it's still very like, you know, they'll, they'll be like, well, we tried this and we put, you know, uh, poop from a depressed person in a in a rat and now the rat's depressed so that's interesting <laughs> but maybe maybe it's just depressing to get somebody else's poop put in your butt <laughs> we, we, we we should totally get rachel to get dinner and bring it here because i feel like we could go on and on and on but we're gonna have to do it off here oh well colin thank you so much for joining me my today. pleasure Thank you for giving up an hour of your time. I really do appreciate it. And guys, if you are in New York City on a weekend, go to Washington Square Park. You can't really miss the grand piano like yeah. sitting. It'll be somewhere. It'll be on the east side or the west side. But yeah, you'll find a big black Steinway grand piano. It's like <laughs> kind of hard to miss. You can't miss it. And I'm you know, usually there from morning until night also. I usually get there around like uh, 10 or 11 and, uh, and I usually leave around like 7 or 8. As it's getting colder, I leave earlier. Uh, like once it gets to be winter, I'll leave at like 4 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, colder and darker. But, um, but, uh, but yeah. Go and check it out and, you know, leave a, leave a donation. And also, if you get the chance, I don't know if you're still doing it, but like sitting under the piano. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's, it's a great experience. Sitting under the piano is it's phenomenal. Like it's, it's a very cool experience. Anna and I got to do it last year. Totally recommend it. And, uh, yeah, go and enjoy Washington square park on a weekend. Yeah. And enjoy the organic grill. It's on, uh, what's it? Uh, uh, first Avenue first it's yeah. Uh, between seventh and, and eighth, uh, eighth is also St. Mark's Google, so. Google maps it, <laughs> Google maps it. It's definitely on, on first, but yeah, the organic grill, uh, great place for vegan food. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's between St. Mark's and, and 7th, yeah. uh, 7th Street. So. Owner's a legend too. We're coming to see you, Vlad. <laughs> Catch you later, guys. Okay, you made it. That was a little different, right? I thought it was a really fun way to mix things up, uh, but I would also understand if you were hoping to hear a little bit more about Colin and his life. So if you fall in that bucket, I'd highly recommend checking out his Instagram page. It is how did you get the piano here? All one word. Or search his name, Colin Huggins, on Google. He has done a bunch of cool things and he continues to do some really incredible work in the park. Uh, he's there pretty much every weekend. And look out for the opera shows. I believe they return next summer, 2020. If you'd enjoyed a show or two of the podcast and would like to support us, the easiest way to do that is leave a review and a rating through the Apple Podcast application on iPhone. Tell us what you thought. Ideally, throw us five stars and let us know where you're tuning in from. You can also watch a video on YouTube, uh, subscribe, like, and share the content we make. Uh, it really does help. Or even donate through the Patreon uh, website. It doesn't really matter which way you choose to show us the love. We really just appreciate it. So thank you very much. Next week, we will be chatting with Aussie blogger Andrea Brown, also known as Eat With Andy on Instagram. So go and check her out, uh, get to know her a little bit, and then we'll have a conversation on Saturday morning like we always do. Keep it plant-based, guys. Can't wait to see you then and have a great weekend.